Talk about a little bit of volleyball. Quietly, this Michigan State volleyball team is playing really well. They haven't had to play too high of competition as of late, but they're sitting at 7-3 and three right now after a, a, an 0-2 start. Then they rattled off four straight sweeps. They were swept by Duke, but bounced back with a big win at home against North Carolina and now have won their last two this weekend against UConn and Brown out in stores. Yeah, obviously this team last weekend had a big weekend. They couldn't beat Duke at home, but bounced back, beating a very solid ACC school in North Carolina. And then heading out to Connecticut out east this week. They have Binghamton this afternoon trying to complete the sweep and take care of business this weekend out against some solid competition, UConn, Brown, and Binghamton. Uh, then Big Ten play starts. They have they go to Michigan on Friday, and we'll kind of get a better gauge of how they're doing. But Coach Johnson has done a great job of just slowly rebuilding this team, and it's definitely been a much-improved team from a year ago. Yeah, I mean, we talked about expectations uh, for all of these teams with their season starting off, and I feel like you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but there really wasn't an expectation for this team. It was just... We At least not outside of the program. Exactly. Yeah, we just talked a little bit about them getting outside of the cellar of the Big Ten and, and putting together some wins and uh, this sort of just being a transitional year. And, I mean, so far they've, I think, blown everybody away. So it's been it's been good to see. And it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up as the schedule gets a little bit tougher. Yeah, it's going to get tougher quick. Um the Big Ten programs they've got, Michigan's pretty good, Illinois is pretty good. Northwestern, they beat twice last year. Rutgers is not the best, but then you get into playing Nebraska twice in the span of a week. You got them in East Lansing on Friday, October 6th, and then in Lincoln on Friday, October 13th. And boy, are you going to quickly find out how things go when you've got a stretch like that, and then later in the year you've got a stretch where a three-game span you play at Minnesota and then Wisconsin and Penn State. Yeah, and it's interesting to see, too, I think, because anytime, like we've, it's no secret that I think some of these wins haven't been maybe as tough as uh, they'd like for them to be, but anytime you can sort of get some momentum heading into, you know, conference play or heading into a tough stretch, that's always good. But at the same time, you want to be battle-tested. So I think there's a fine line um, that we'll figure out sooner rather than later if Michigan State has has crossed. Yeah, I mean, this obviously the Big Ten Conference, one of the premier conferences in the college. I conference. mean, it's the yeah. conference. Obviously, Wisconsin, Nebraska, the cream of the crop, along with some other schools as well, just all being just elite programs. So it's a tough test for Coach Johnson to try and rebuild this program, but she's done a very good job so far. And now we're going to kind of get to see them truly be tested heading into conference play. And uh, obviously it wasn't an ideal ideal year last year in Big Ten play. I believe they finished second to last. But I think they've definitely made some strides here in the non-conference play. And, and now we'll have to see how it all pays off. Shifting away from volleyball, let's talk a little bit of men's basketball. This team expected to be one of the best teams in the country this year, returning so much, got a lot of newcomers coming in. We'll break down the roster and all of that stuff later as the season gets closer. But some new development. The non-conference schedule released. Let's take a look at it and see where things go. I'll kind of read through it real quick, and then we can talk a little bit about our takeaways and what games you're really excited for. I know, AJ, you'll be on the calls with me this year. For men's basketball, it should be a really fun year. They started off with a couple of exhibitions in East Lansing, Hillsdale College, and then Tennessee, which is the big charity exhibition. Two top 10 teams going at it. I Can I quick, I know you're yes. getting to the rest of the non-conference. It 
makes me so angry that the best home game and non-conference play for Michigan State this year is an exhibition game. Like, I understand, like, they were going to play Tennessee. It was supposed to be a close scrimmage. It was supposed to be one of those close scrimmages, I believe. And they decided to open it up yeah, for the Maui kind of relief. Moving, NCAA basketball is kind of moving away from those close scrimmages and moving more towards exhibition-type games I, I mean, in that respect. To be, to be fair, both these teams are top 10, top 15 teams in the country. Yeah. Like, even if you lose this game, you're, both these teams should have no issue making the tournament. Like, this, this right, loss right. isn't held against you um, come tournament time. So... I, not that I don't think it shouldn't be an exhibition, like I, whatever they want to call it, I don't really care. Um, this is more just my frustration of like the Baylor game being at LCA. Like I, like Tom Izzo says, and and he hasn't shied away. They're still playing a solid non-conference schedule, playing the Champions Classic, playing Baylor. Uh, they're still going to get tested and get ready for the season with Tennessee. But just the best home game this and for regular season play is Butler. And I've Butler, got a sneaky it, best home game. Of the year, but we'll get to it in a minute, it, or in the non-con, but we'll get to it in a minute. James Madison starts off the season, they're from the fun belt, so I mean, at least that that can be fun. But James Madison and then Southern Indiana, the first two games, those are the tune-up games before the Spartans head to Chicago, the United Center this year, the site of the Champions Classic. The Spartans take on Duke, Kansas and Kentucky will go as well. We don't have the times yet for who's in the first game, State who's in the, the nightcap. 7 o'clock game. You think so? They're always a 7 o'clock game. That's fair. I, I kind of would like to see them in the nightcap, though. That I think it'd be, be fun. I mean, yeah. it would be fun to see them in the nightcap, and it's cool when they are because, I mean, they like to keep the nightcap game as the premier game, but Isn't I just Duke think... Duke often in the nightcap? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm disrespecting Michigan State, but, like, to be completely honest, of the four teams in the Champions Classic, Michigan State isn't as highly thought of as Duke, Kansas. Like, Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky are the three programs in college basketball yeah, I mean, I think you have to add in. I think you have to add in UNC. Yeah. Right, I think. You, I, like, honestly, the if thing you had with a, UNC is they're an ACC right, school, so that's why Duke. Like, like if you had to have a true Champions Classic, in all honesty, Michigan State's not there. If you're having four teams, right. I think UCLA is the only other team that I think would work to fit in because you can't have a team right, that's in another but, conference. But I would put Michigan State ahead of UCLA based on the last thirty years of college which is, basketball, which is why Michigan State's there. Right. Right. And so put UConn in it. Ooh. No. Out. No. Out on that take. No, 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 no. I, I like UConn, but UConn's not consistent. UConn is either winning a national exactly. title or they're barely making the tournament. There's no in between. I mean, Danny, Kentucky, Danny Hurley is changing that. I mean, also, too, let's be honest, Ooh. Kentucky's had some down years, too. I mean, outside, They have, but like, Kentucky's Kentucky, man. Kentucky is Kentucky, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of, if we're talking about trajectories of a program, like, Michigan State is, I mean, pretty close with these I don't, I don't know even why I'm ripping on Michigan State basketball right now because I love Michigan State basketball. It's the only program in this athletic got, that gives me joy after whatever I just watched yesterday. More on that later. Um, but yeah, so there's Duke, and then they come home. That week is going to be a crazy week for this team. They go to Chicago, and then they come back to play Butler right away on the 17th. And then here, uh, the football crew has to drive to Bloomington right away after that game. I, after yesterday, I don't even want to go to Bloomington. <laughs> More on that Matt later. Matt will still be in Bloomington, everyone. Um, and then Alcorn State. Then they go to Air or to Palm Springs, California to take on Arizona that's right. on Thanksgiving, directly following the Lions game. I think that's a pretty cool thing that they're doing, setting that up. You've got Lions football on at 12.30, like they always are on Thanksgiving, and then you can come listen to Michigan State, Arizona on Impact 89FM. Shameless plug. Then Georgia Southern. Then you have two conference games that will be in there. 
from the beginning of December. Those haven't been announced yet in terms of who and where they are. But the next non-conference game after the break for finals week is Baylor at Little Caesars Arena. Matt Merrifield out on that. I'm so out on that. But Why? he wants it to be at the Breslin. I want it to be at the Breslin Center. Like, college basketball is meant to be pay- played on a university campus. Like, non or right. neutral site games take away just, I mean, for March Madness and for t- conference tournaments, they make sense, and that's how they should be played. But it's a regular season non-conference game. Playing at the Breslin Center, like, Last year, Villanova came to the Breslin Center, and that's just a cool matchup to see because you don't get to see it very often. I don't need to go to LCA and pay sixty dollars on tickets plus just to my watch. My bigger gripe is that Michigan State's playing Butler in the Gavit games and not playing like Marquette or UConn. They should be playing that's a way better school be than Butler. That's and whether that's here or there, but the, it's based off of last year's standings where Michigan State wasn't as high. And the Gavit games are fraudulent as it is, but I mean, oh my. that may be what it may be, but. Either way. State didn't finish that low in the Big Ten. They got a double bye. Yeah, but there was a big tie, and there were, there were a bunch of teams there. And I refuse to believe they fell that far. They have to play Butler. But that's... Also, Anyways, not everybody I hope in that the Big Bulldog East. is here for that game. Uh, he probably I'll, will I'll give be. him a piece of my mind. You know, if we played... <laughs> if we went to a game, and Michigan State was playing Butler, I just wish they would have just put it back at Hinkle again. Well, they just went there like two years ago. Right, but just go there again. I'd... I'd rather go call a game there than have Butler come into the Breslin. But who knows? Maybe it'll be a really good game. Oakland. That one's not at LCA this year. That's where the Spartans normally play Oakland a lot of times in Greg Campy's squad. Rocket Watts still playing for the Golden Grizzlies. Oh, God. Then Stony Brook. And then my <laughs> underrated <laughs> best home non-conference game, Indiana State. Oh, come on. If you're talking best home non-conference game... Indiana State was pretty... There's not that much to choose from. I, also true. Indiana they, uh, State was pretty good last year. They were one of the best teams in the Missouri Valley. And it's the first time these two have played since the 1979 National Championship game, which is still the most watched basketball game ever. If, the only way I watched that game is if Larry Bird trots out there. Stop, stop, stop. I mean, I think that that game... If, if we're looking at all these home games, James Madison, Southern Indiana, Butler... Georgia Southern, Oakland, Stony Brook, Indiana State. Indiana State has the most storylines to me. I would like to point out there are some elite nicknames Michigan State's playing in this non-conference schedule. Oh, yeah. The Dukes, the Seawolves, the Sycamores. Who do you say? Southern Illinois? Southern Illinois. Or the, Southern Indiana. Oh, Southern. In, oh, God. They're new to. They I are believe new. they're I new to Division One. Okay. I don't um, know that one off the top of my head. They're in the Ohio Valley, I believe. That doesn't help me. Um, they are the, oh yeah, they're the Screaming Eagles. Oh yes, I love it. Okay, so the that's Southern the only Indiana redeeming quality right. of this non-conference play. And they do play some pretty good teams playing Arizona and, but- and Arizona and Baylor, excuse me, not Butler, Butler sucks. Arizona and Baylor are two exciting games. I just wish one of those games was being played. I wish they were playing at Arizona, to be honest with you. I think that would be cool to watch them play it would be, out yeah. west. Yeah. That atmosphere a, out there is electric. As I'm sure you can imagine, also Southern Indiana's logo with their screaming eagle. Oh, I've seen that now. That looks familiar. Sweet. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, that's that's that on the MSU men's basketball non-conference schedule. We'll have a lot more men's basketball talk as things get going. They open up that first exhibition game is in just over a month. Yes, basketball sir. season's not that far away. I know a lot of people around this area Thank are God. 
excited about that. Right, but right. I don't even know if they're excited for basketball season. They're just excited for football season to not be the primary focus of this fan base. A, Am I wrong? We're going to talk about. Am I over, wrong? We're going to talk wait, about overreaction. Say, say again, say again. People aren't like I. Actually, people are excited for basketball season, but it's not yeah. because it's basketball season. It's because the football season is about to turn into an absolute train wreck. Maybe we're going to talk into overreaction central later for the NFL. I, I don't. These are not overreaction. These are not overreaction. Right Tell them one game feel, against man. the top ten team, but it wasn't pretty. Either way. We will step aside, be back with some MSU football talk. On the other side of the break, you're listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Moving on here on this Sunday morning from East Lansing with some Michigan State football talk. Yesterday wasn't pretty. 41-7, the final score. Washington comes into Spartan Stadium and just hammers Michigan State. Harlan Barnett in his first game as acting head coach. It wasn't a great showing. I don't know that much of that is on him, but it definitely wasn't great. The atmosphere was cool at the beginning. They ran out to Thunderstruck. The place was rocking. And then that first drive, they looked like they were going to go somewhere. And then it didn't. And then Michael Penix in four plays drove down the field. And Michigan State missed approximately a lot of tackles on that drive. And that turned into a theme for the rest of the game. Michael Penix at halftime first. Let's just talk about Michael Penix's stats in the first half. 20 for 25 with 375 yards and four touchdowns at halftime. At halftime. He finished, didn't play the whole game, finished 27 of 35 for 473 yards and four touchdowns. Washington gained 713 yards, the most ever allowed in a game by Michigan State. It was brutal, man. I think the be- the beginning, too, I think, was what made it even worse just because the atmosphere was electric in there. Like, when you when the game first started and everyone was so excited and and things just unraveled so fast. But it's tough, you know? Like, it, and it's it's even harder that it, it just concludes such a difficult week. You know what I mean? Like, that that's how this week ends. It's It's insane, and I think it epitomizes in a lot of ways, you know, how difficult things are right now around this program. Um, horrible game to make your your head coaching debut. Not a, not only underneath the circumstances, but with the outcome. So on to the next. But it's is demoralizing to say the least. I have one excuse for this team, and that is this week was an absolute dumpster fire right. of trying to get mm-hmm. reorganized. And I no, I don't know any co- head coach other than the one that was supposed to be coaching could have gotten the team ready for that after dealing with everything, the just with all the media headlines and stuff. So I'm going to give them one more week. If any, it looks anything like that against Maryland next week, I it I don't know how I'll even handle it. Like Because that, that yesterday just was the flattest I've ever seen a Michigan State team come out. And it was so disappointing because, as you guys said, the energy coming out was, oh, I mean, electric. It was probably obviously not like a Michigan Michigan State game like it was my freshman year but it was I that was exciting like the place was pretty packed it was actually wasn't as full as I thought it would be when they ran out on the field but you know they're coming out out of the tunnel thunderstruck is playing the players are like up and jumping up and down like they're ready to get on the field and it's like all right let's go punch Washington in the mouth I guess and then the whole opening drive happens and just everything went away Everything dissipated. So I, I that was that was the flattest performance I think I've ever watched from a Michigan State team. And it's disappointing because I thought the one thing that was going to come out 
of Harlan Barnett and Coach D'Antonio kind of taking the reins of regardless of the talent level. Like, obviously, Washington's a more talented team. They're a top six, eight team in the country, and they showed that yesterday. But I thought, no way this team comes out flat because Coach D'Antonio teams don't come out flat. Regardless of the talent level, they come out and punch you in the mouth for four quarters, and that was the opposite of what we watched, and that was just the most disappointing part. And I have a lot more issues now just looking hindsight and looking big picture stuff of the program. But based on yesterday, I don't have much to say other than 700 yards against on your own head in your own stadium is completely unacceptable in any context. I don't care if you had zero practice all week. 700 yards as a power five school is just unacceptable to happen. It's tough, though, I think, just because as someone who covered this week – it was exhausting. exhausting. It was it was absolutely exhausting. And so I can't even imagine being on this team right now, trying to find a way to put everything together to take on top eight team in the country. And so and I, I But the way they played yesterday, I don't think they beat Richmond. To ooh. be completely fair, they looked so flat yesterday. They got completely beat on every aspect on both uh, both sides of the line of scrimmage. Washington doesn't even have that good of a front seven, and they looked elite yesterday. I don't think we can definitively say that just because the beginning, I think, is is how it got. I know it might sound silly, but the beginning is how it got. So, I mean, that's how everything unraveled. So, just the the silly mistakes, like stuff that just doesn't come to preparation. It's just having your head on straight of when Justin White runs through Jalen McMillan on a fair catch. Yeah, but after the, after this week, or, can, but after this week, Matt, like it, how can how can a team or, have its head on straight after all that has been through I, this week? And that's that's why I want to give them one more week. Next week is homecoming. Maryland is good. I don't think they're great. I think it is very, September though. It's September. It's September Maryland. Maryland is September even though Maryland the, the first best half team of all time September Maryland. Maryland well the first half against Virginia. Virginia's a really bad. They still team. won that game 42 to 14. They though. did take care of business in the second half. But I will say that Next week, if Michigan State Michigan State cannot play like they did again, because Talia Tagovailoa will throw for 500 yards, like he is just as good of a quarterback as Michael Penix. Not as good, but he's still one of the best passers in the Big Ten. And I just I give him one more week. It's homecoming, but I now I'm disappointed because the crowd was excited for yesterday. There's a lot of energy around the stadium, and it just completely got sucked out. I wouldn't be surprised if the stadium's half full next week other than the fact that it's homecoming so everybody's going to be in town for it and it's going to be a beautiful september saturday other than that like why would anybody want to come out and watch that i do want to talk a little bit about that too the the crowd and the people here i think have been fantastic throughout all of this and it's it's difficult and it's it's tough and like i keep saying it's demoralizing that this community and that the students have to continue to rally around so many different things um while being disappointed at the same time, you know, but I, I still expect there to be a good turnout, Matt, and it, it's just a tough time right now. I mean, my there, there's like two silver linings of yesterday, and they're very thin. Well, one's bigger than the other, but one's big picture. Um, the small one is, hey, it's a non-conference game. If you get your head back on straight, everything's still in front of you. I don't know what exactly that is, yeah, making a bowl it, game. But, yeah. I mean, they were not they were 16-point underdogs. And they kept saying that at the press conference. Our goals are still like, in front of us. I mean, they are. I mean, so I, I from that standpoint, yes, if they can get everything figured out. Now, what I saw yesterday is not going to get figured out in six days, in the next six days. Like, that's something that is going to have to be fixed. Um, kind of just kind of fixing the program. Because I said this yesterday. I was talking with friend of the program, Trent Bally, last night. The program right now is in a worse spot 
talent, just style play than it was when D'Antonio retired in 2019. Like, I feel like it gets missed. People don't remember what the team was like back in 2019. That was a 7-6 and six solid football team that still was great defensively. Yeah, it was but an the, elite but, defensive but, team. But the offense was less than to be desired. But now we're four years removed. The offense is marginally better, but the defense is completely not there. Like, I don't know how in four years you completely lost the identity of a football team. And Mel Tucker, obviously, whether he's coached his last game at Michigan State or not, is a defensive-minded head coach. He was a D.C. at Georgia. He was a defensive backs coach in the NFL. And the pass defense gave up 500 yards yesterday. Like, I don't even know how, like, that's just And Harlan Barnett is also a And Harlan Barnett was the, was the secondary coach. And he's been here, and he stayed on. He was, like, I believe the only assistant to stay on. I don't know, and looking back at the coaching changes, why he was kept around when somebody like, I don't, know, I don't know exactly what decisions were made to bring in Scotty Hazelton, but like Mike Tressel was the defensive coordinator in 2019. I don't know why Mike or Mel Tucker let him go. Because like I said, Michigan State's defense was elite. It was it stayed elite from 2011 all the way through 2019. The one thing you knew was it's going to be tough to score on Michigan State. Running the ball is going to be almost impossible and you're just going to have to make sure that their offense doesn't get going, which towards the end wasn't hard to stop. But I just I I Four years removed, Michigan State's in a worse spot as a football program since they hired Mel Tucker. Like, and that's just, I don't think that's incorrect to say. 2020 was a wash. I don't care because it was a COVID season. And I thought they took a step forward in 2021 going 11 and 2, but turns out Kenneth Walker is just that great, I guess, because yeah. there's really, I, I don't know. I really don't. And that team, as great as they, they were, didn't they win like seven games by one score? Like, I yeah. felt like every time they yeah, won, like and it that. wasn't like, obviously Michigan was a one-score game. That's a great win, but you beat Indiana by one score. Yeah. I believe they blew out Rutgers, they blew out Youngstown State, and they blew out, I mean, they won't beat Northwestern by like 17, but Pitt yeah. was a one-score game without Kenny Pickett. You had you beat well, Nebraska. Also without Kenneth Walker. But. Okay, but Nebraska at home, and you only won by one score. You had to go to overtime against Nebraska, that team that won like four games that year. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Kentucky, they were a good pow- group of five. And team. that was more than one score. But what it was, I'm trying to think of what if the other If it wasn't, game. it was. There's another game on Bailey Zappi throwing late touchdowns that didn't matter. There's that game, game wasn't that close. What was that? Maryland kept it close that year. It, it, Again, it, it wasn't that close. It was closer than the finals. Like those games, it never no, felt like Michigan. The, Michigan State under Mel Tucker, I can't remember the last time against a Power Five team, they put their foot down and dominated see, for four I would course. argue the opposite against those Maryland and that. Or that Maryland I, I, game in that year, like I think the final score, if I am remembering correctly, was closer than the game was. It, like that game, Maryland had a couple chances to do something, but that game wasn't like it rarely. The game feel, was never really. It out. rarely feels like this team goes out and dominates for four quarters. They aren't good enough to go out and dominate but, for four quarters. And I don't understand that because supposedly Mel Tucker is recruited better, and yet Mel or Coach D'Antonio got ten times more out of his players in his time at Michigan State. Because those recruiting classes were not great. The 2013 Rose Bowl team that was honored yesterday was a bunch of three and four, a few four stars, mostly three stars, that went out and just played football. I will say, though, most, not necessarily most, but a lot of the contributors on this team right now were D'Antonio recruits. You're talking about a lot of that offensive line. Noah Kim was a D'Antonio recruit. Trey Mosley's a D'Antonio recruit. A lot of that interior defensive line were D'Antonio recruits. So... You're looking at a spot where we'll see. A lot of those Tucker recruits are freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, but I'm not see- who from in that class are we seeing. Dylan Tatum, 
has impressed me on the defensive Mangum. side. Yes. Jaden Mangum and Malik Spencer has been solid. But on the offensive side of the ball. Malik Carr. Malik Carr was a transfer, though, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was a Tucker. Yeah, but Malik, Malik Carr is like the most, he's the most, I think, might be the most frustrating player to watch on offense because he's such a freak of nature. Also, and Deron yet, Glover. Glover's been Glover's solid, but like the wide receiver, I don't know what it is. I mean, like I said, the offense is marginally better than it was. Play calling still atrocious. They did the most redeeming thing the offense did yesterday was QB sneak it on third and one, and that then was... literally from that moment on, nothing good happened. Like I just, there were two plays that epitomized this team is just co- poorly coached. Like the Tyrell Henry thing in the third quarter on the on the kickoff. Why did you even okay. touch it? So here's the background on that rule, and it worked eventually. For him to get a penalty, he wanted to make sure it didn't go over the touchback thing, and over the pylon for a touchback. If he had, if he catches the ball with one foot inbounds and one foot out of bounds, it is a penalty, which is what he did after the review. The review was maddening because it made that game take so much longer. But that is what he did, and that is why he did it. I don't have a defense for the fair catch tackle. I don't have a defense for the other ones, but I do have a defense for Tyrell Henry I, on that play. I, I get he's trying to make a but smart also, decision. But also, does the 10 yards really matter does at that point? Does the 10 yards matter when you're down 41 to nothing in the third quarter? Not really, in my Not opinion. Not really, but I get why he did it. That's the that's the one play I will say I get why he did it. I That play, the, the deflection that ended up I mean, that was just an unfortunate bounce from Michigan State just falling in the hands that of Jalen Polk. That like, was the game. That was the game in one play. I said on air, that play epitomizes Michigan State football in the last two years. Just, yeah. But at the same time, I just, I, but, I, I, have, I have nothing for this team. I mean, team. Matt, after, all, after everything they've been through this week, though, like, as bad as it sounds, what did you expect? I, I don't that, know. To me, that is a fitting ending but, for this okay, week. But you know what? Had they gotten out-schemed? I would I would allow it I would let it happen. But that team just got outworked. Like just go out there and I play. I think it's the opposite. I think getting out like that is more understandable after this type of week. And at the end of the day, we talked about it before the game and we all were on board with this. They were either going to play this game really close and really tight or they were going to get blown out. Yes. And they got blown out because they looked exhausted. They looked like they weren't they didn't want to be there. Exactly. They didn't, and that's understandable for the circumstances, in my opinion. They didn't. They weren't aggressive. They were on their heels the entire game. Like right. that's you, but that's something you don't control in practice. Just on game day, all you can control is your attitude and your effort, and neither of those were there. Right. And that has nothing to do with preparation. And I'm not that, talking about this week and them having different coaching staff as the preparation. I'm talking about the exhaustion of everything in this week yes. going on. But Matt, yesterday, Matt, this, but, team, okay, this but, team did not have as much to give as they would in other weeks because all of all that has occurred this week. Right. But all everything that happened this week, they can just put aside for three and a half hours and just go play can football. You? Do you realize you? How, you? how difficult that is, though? Like, that's yeah. really not... That's so much easier said than done. Yeah, and I don't think it's fair to dehumanize these guys. And, say and I know, that's not, and I understand they're human. They're college athletes. They're 18, 19 years old. And I do think I felt bad for them coming into this week because of all the crap they had to deal with and having their, their football season now be uplifted because of the adults in the room not being able to act like adults. And I do feel for them. And that is... But that doesn't change the fact... That at five o'clock yesterday, football was being played, and they just flat out did not look like they wanted to be there. And I understand it's easy to give them that excuse, but at the same time, you have an opportunity to just go out and play football, and everything that's happened to you this week does not matter, and it didn't look like and that. And some people are able to do that, and some people aren't in terms of their mental aspects of it. Like that is all that was talked about. But I thought all week. I thought the point of bringing in D'Antonio and Harlan Barnett was, and that was all the talk was. This team is ready to go out and just play football. And that they did not play football. Well, I mean, it did they, not look they, like a Mark D'Antonio team. It looked like a Mel Tucker football well, team. D'Antonio's, and that 
he's been back for less than a week, so I. But I, I'm like, just. All I wanted and all I've been asking for from this team is don't be flat. Just go out and play four quarters of football and just be aggressive and attack. And they didn't do that. Like the difference between what we saw 10 years ago in a Rose Bowl team and that D'Antonio style football versus what Michigan State football is now, it's embarrassing. Like it's, it's, it is. Matt, I feel like what you're saying is I think it would be completely valid had all of this not happened. And I feel like that's the part that you're, kind of missing after this kind of week i think you have to take a step back and really assess and, things and, for but, what for what they I, are and where this I, program I, is at because I, the trajectory of this entire program has changed in the course of six days overnight between I, our, yes but I, would, show. I would disagree from the standpoint of we've seen performances like this before from this team last year against minnesota was almost a carbon copy, and that team had nothing to, and, to not. And no, no reason. Is, and no one is arguing against the Minnesota game. We're talking about this right. game in this so moment. So I have no and reason to believe. And, and everything that is going on around. I'm not just talking about what's going on on the football field. Right. But we've seen it. I, I don't know what I was expecting from this team. I guess I just expect too much for them just to come out and play four quarters of football. I, I understand it's tough to say that. I know they're student athletes, but to an extent, they just didn't look like they rallied around each other. It looked like 11 players on a football field. And I, I maybe I believe because all we were told all offseason was how the team chemistry is there and there's much better leadership. And that's what wasn't there. And I understand your head coach being gone doesn't help with that. But my, I guess my biggest takeaway is if Mel Tucker has coached his last game at Michigan State, that means a new head coach. I don't expect it to be anybody in-house. And from that standpoint... I guess that's a good thing of we get a, rest a restart of Michigan State football. Now, it's unfortunate that it's going to have to come, and now the program's in a worse spot than it was four years ago when D'Antonio left, so now the new head coach has an even bigger job to rebuild. But that's neither here nor there. That's a conversation for December. But I, 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 don't, I have nothing left. We'll see what happens against Maryland. That we will. Spartans take on the Terrapins. Next week, 3.30, 3 o'clock for the Spartan Red Zone pregame show right here on WDBM. We're going to step aside, come back, and get into a college football look around around the country on a week that wasn't supposed to be that entertaining. Boy, did we have some entertainment. We'll get to it on the other side of the break. This is the Green and White Report on Impact A9FM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on Impact A9FM. We talked Michigan State football. We also talked some volleyball, soccer, and basketball. Now it's time to get into... The rest of the country, college football yesterday. Week three was supposed to be the worst week in terms of big games. And I will say, there weren't a ton of huge matchups. But there was some fun football yesterday if you avoided East Lansing. Or if you're a Washington fan, I guess you could enjoy East Lansing. But overall, there were a lot of top teams caught sleepwalking yesterday. I know you guys were getting ready to cover the game yesterday, and I only got to catch the first half of it. And a little bit of the end. Did you guys catch that or that Florida State Boston College game? Yeah, I caught uh, bits and pieces of it. Uh, very concerning, to say the least. I mean, it was there was there was weather. Boston College was playing right. on their red bandana night, which is a really cool story. Um, if you guys don't know the story behind that, it has to do with a former Boston College athlete that basically he passed away while trying to save lives at and while success, while saving lives at 9/11 Wells Crowther was his name and they have uh red bandana uniforms and everything and it's it's a really cool tradition that place was rocking and the weather was not great and I will give them all that but man Florida State struggled early went up 31-10 
And if not for a face mask penalty by Boston College, Boston College might have won that game. They would have had a shot. Yeah, yeah. And that was, I saw the beginning of it, and I was like, oh, they've got this in the bag. They look like they're in command. And then right before um, our game started here in East Lansing, um, I caught the tail end of it, and I was like, what is going on here? So, yeah, I mean, they escaped nonetheless, but it's concerning. Also, Georgia? Question mark? I felt like coming into the season, the one game early before, I don't even think, and we can talk about Tennessee in a second. Um, South Carolina plays Georgia tough. That's like the one I feel like Coach Beamer is that's the one team he does a good job against is Georgia. And Spencer Rattler likes to step up in big games. So, and he played very well yesterday. Except for against North Carolina. He played well against North Carolina. Yeah. Didn't he take like five sets? Didn't his offensive line? Yeah. I, 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 I didn't get to watch the game against North Carolina. I just remember there was no defense. Yeah, um, it was not great. But still, I mean, he stepped up. Overall. And Georgia was able to pull it out. I mean, we're, and we saw it along with uh, in Tuscaloosa, or we saw it in Tampa Bay yesterday as the, the man, as Bama does not have a quarterback. That's why they don't go on the road, I guess. They don't have a quarterback. Well, no, I meant just yeah, Alabama they, doesn't go on the road ever. That but was insane. They, they are in a tough spot, and that's the next thing on the show but, sheet is QB I, battle I, in Tuscaloosa. Whoa. And I was disappointed. The parody in college football this year is unreal, and it's awesome. The only the one the one it's letdown going to end in Georgia, Michigan. The the one letdown. I mean, Michigan didn't look all that great. JJ McCarthy threw two interceptions yesterday. Oh, I know, but, but they're the, going to be the, fine. But the the. Parity of college, the only downside of it is there's only a 14 playoff this year. This should, like, honestly, I think they should make sure it's a 12 team playoff for this season because there are 12 teams, I think, 12 plus teams, I think, that could all make a case and go on a run because there's a lot of good football teams this year and nobody is unbeatable. As we just saw yesterday, Georgia struggled at home with South Carolina. Bama barely beat South Florida. I don't, they're not even a top 12 team in the country right now, I don't think. Not, without a, quarter, not without a quarterback. The Pac-12 by itself could fill half the field. Now we'll get to Colorado in a second, and I'm kind of fed up with Colorado football already. But I sound what? like a, he doesn't like the prime. I'm experience. so I'm over it. I, I'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. All right. But I just I I that's the one takeaway from yesterday is the parody in college football is best is the best it's been in probably like 15 years, and I love it. Absolutely, I think the 2007 season is the one that come to mind. Yeah, but I, the, yeah. Just, the, I love it. I'm, I, and I'm so excited for the re- next weekend, which I know we're gonna talk about too. Gonna be a lot of fun. It, it is. It's good to see. No um, one is. And you're gonna be right sitting in a Spartan Stadium press box watching Michigan. I don't want to talk about the fact that it's a 3:30 kick when Bonex plays Prime, Coach Prime at 3:30 oh, on ABC, and I cannot watch. I'm gonna pull Kevin Harlan and call both games at once. <laughs> I'm gonna be. In the, I'm going to be on the field for that game uh, as well, so I will not be able also, to watch any of the games. The 3.30 slate next week? Elite. Elite. And then there's Michigan State-Maryland on NBC. I, but anyways, not hey that, I'm done talking about Michigan State football. Let's Talia. talk about quality programs. Well, the next program on our list is Colorado. So Colorado, <laughs> Colorado State last night. I don't know how many people stayed up or were watching that game. I know AJ was. I made it to the end of regulation. See, most I, of it, most of I'm it. I'm annoyed because I fell asleep a little after halftime. And I woke up, and I saw it was 28-20 with like a minute and a half left. And I was like, all right. And I like just vaguely remember seeing that. And then I, was, I went back to bed. And I woke up this morning and saw it, and I was like, man, I wish I would have stayed up for that. Because, and I watched through it after. But what a game. And Travis Hunter, man. not oh. there. That, that so, cheap shot was... Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. And... 
So they did that in the end without Travis Hunter. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see next week if... I will also inform our audience that if Colorado beats Oregon next oh, week, uh, Matt Merrifield will not be attending the show. I will not show. be here. I will. Um, <laughs> I uh, that. But all right, my issue with Colorado, and I'm going to choose my words wisely because I don't want to upset Coach Prime because he's probably listening for some reason, and then have it all blow up in my face in the next week. But Matt Merrifield, this segment will so, be on so, ESPN. So, so college game day because you done made it personal. College game day comes completely fair. Now the, all the fanfare being talked about, with Coach Norvell. I thought all those weren't. It's a, people forget Colorado State, Colorado is the football game in that state. Yeah. Like that is a bigger game right. that I think they let on. Like, oh, it's just Colorado. Colorado. Like, no, this is a Michigan, game. Michigan State. Yeah. Like this is their like, and this is Colorado State Super Bowl. Um, and they came out and played like it. And I know there were some dirty hits. It was a physical a game, a lot of dirty hits yes. but on both sides. On bo- but it was on both sides. And I yes. thought that a lot of the talk before the game led up to a lot of the physicality, which I kind of like. Now I don't want to see Travis Hunter get knocked out. Now he might be out multiple weeks. I don't want to see that, but. Right. I did kind of appreciate the old school kind of physicality, especially the stuff like just even after the whistles, refs having to break stuff up. Like it was nice to see that in a rivalry game. But I'm sorry, what has beating Nebraska and TCU warranted having Lil Wayne run you out on the field or having nothing? Why, it why, have why are you to do with why are you, those why are you interviewing? Doesn't. Why are you interviewing Offset on that the sidelines? That was, <laughs> that was I, I I turn it on, I see Offset on my screen, and I'm like, why? Like they, they turned Colorado, and I understand it's Coach Prime. He brings all that attraction with them, and they have and looked improved, but they haven't warranted. But it doesn't matter. It's Coach Prime. That's it. But that's what's co- bringing the media Pri- circus. He just, but I don't. I just, it's frustrating. I just hope. I hope After, Bo Nix takes care of business next week. And also, I th- if they win one more game, they go over there, over under on the season. And the they, and yeah. I, and I thought the, the, I don't know why Vegas was so low on them coming into the year. Everyone, I, everyone was. Yeah, everyone. I, was. I thought, was, I thought they were going to expect- win five games. There was an expectation that the hype was going to die down and that this team was going to crash and burn. Correct. Let's call. Let's call it for I, what yeah, it I is. Agree. Nobody, nobody expected this team to be three and zero. Nobody. I would have thought they would have lost to TCU. I thought they were going to cover the twenty, but I agree. I did not expect them to go into TCU and win. A lot of people but, didn't even have them beating Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska I, was a double-digit favorite in that game at the when it opened. Oh, when it opened, but yeah, say, before the season. Okay. Yeah, nobody expected this. But I still think that Nebraska or Colorado. I thought I, you were about I, to defend Nebraska. I, no, for a I'm second. not. No, I defend enough bad football teams as it is. I just, I really just hope Bo Nix takes care of business next week because I want, I just want the the coach prime stuff to take I just, a just tiny notch down. You realize I don't even, though, where I this just program was you, at, right? where this program was at last year compared to where One they win. are now, like, but I, I get that. But like they're acting like it. It, it, it remind. It's just. It's over the top for no reason. They okay, big bigger thing. They stormed the field. They were twenty point favorites yesterday. They went in double overtime and they it's stormed the field. We game, just spoke though. about the importance no, of this game, though. You don't storm the field. It's a rivalry game. They haven't won. Colorado hasn't won anything in decades. Exactly. Dude. I don't care if you want to be taken as an elite program and as be get that respect that you they want and seemingly have just taken over. Respect from who? From the media, from they the from the national care. spotlight, exactly. But storming the field when you're up twenty, or not when you're up twenty, when you're favored by twenty points and you have to win in double overtime is a terrible look. They so don't care so, though. So. I like if Michigan but State Michigan, won the game. Michigan State football is never going to storm the field because it's physically impossible. Like let's make that clear. Like nobody is. I they got to go down it, those tiny say, staircases. Nobody's going up those steps. <laughs> I know. Right, right, I know right. Timmy from my CAS class who weighs three hundred pounds ain't making that drop without spraining both his ankles. So <laughs> it's not. It's not. Timmy out here catching so, strays. So so shout out let, to me. Let, let, 
Let's call it. Is that an actual name? No, I'm not even in NCAAs class this semester. But. Michigan State football is never storm the field because they would have done it like against Michigan in 21. It didn't happen. So if it didn't happen, then it's never going to happen. But Michigan State basketball should never storm the court, and they never, they haven't yet. Knock on wood. And if they ever do, Matt, I'm going. What does what does that have to do with anything? But though? I'm this, just like we just they, spoke they about act the like they act, of this game. they act like they're this big this big program that who, carries this weight that should be nationally like respected. Right? Who at who, Colorado is asking is acting, acting like exactly? Because Deion Sanders is all Deion no, Sanders saying is that they don't care. He's just being himself. That's all he's saying. He's saying they messed around and made it personal. He said a bajillion times about Colorado State, and he said that about Nebraska. He said that in general. He doesn't really care. Right. He's been like, I'm keeping receipts. And, and he really, said that. He's like, do you believe now? Also, but, too, you realize this firestorm started from Colorado State's head coach, right? Right. Well, because of— In this game, yes, but the Coach Prime firestorm started with oh, Coach Oh, yeah, Prime. no, of course, of course. Right. But, but They've had big new kickoff at their game, game for three it. straight weeks. I hate how Colorado acts like, oh, we're going to keep our receipts because people are calling us out because of what they're doing. Like, I mm. just—they're like— they're bringing it on. They want it. They're egging people on to bring it, and then they act like the victim. Like, but oh, we're just are, answering. But they're using it, it because are, they're undefeated still. I, yeah, nobody's calling them out for what they're doing. They played three mid-teams. Like, let's be honest here. TCU, not a great football team. That's fair. But if they beat Oregon next week. And realize. that's what we'll find out. We'll find out. So that's why I'm trying to watch my words wisely because I do not want to have this thrown back in my face. I don't really care we if it's thrown back in my face. I can take it. If, I can, uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't, like, I really, I've been Dez wrong before. Joe is it, and we're getting it played next but week I've been, if Colorado, Colorado wasn't supposed to be good though that's the point like that that's the biggest thing out of all this so but whether whether they've beaten mid teams or whatever they weren't they were supposed to be horrible this year right but they're acting like yeah we were supposed to be this good which that's fair they're supposed to do that because if you don't have that own confidence when you're within your own program what are you even doing like I've, every program in the country thinks they're going 12 and 0 to start the year but just they have this except for Rutgers well, or Northwestern I guess I don't yeah. know but the point is is that they just come out and they just play this whole I, I I just I just don't like the mentality. I it, the whole I, I just can't get over it. I just want somebody to beat them, preferably Bo Nix next weekend. Um, I, don't feel, I don't think anybody on the team though is acting like this. I think it's just a lot of noise that's coming from Coach Prime, who's just being who he's always been, and the media. And maybe maybe I'm just him. mad at ESPN because they're picking up and Fox noon kickoff has been at like the pregame show has been at Colorado three straight weeks. Like, yeah, where are they at next week? Are they at? Are they at Colorado. I, I don't think they are because they have uh, multiple Pac-12 games on Fox. Okay, because I know game day is at Ohio State Notre Dame yeah. next week. Um, but yeah, either way, that's enough Colorado talk. Let's talk about this Missouri Kansas State game. This was one of the hidden gems of the early slate. Kansas State was a top fifteen team. I thought they were overrated. I said that at the beginning of the season, but Missouri, hello. I want to quote Slowick here after we saw that uh, field goal kick. Is Mizzou back? No, no. they're not. But <laughs> I just wanted, what a kick. No. I, just, I just wanted to say it. That was like, insane. Oh, oh. <laughs> keep, keep talking. That was insane. Hey. Sorry, uh, Fox's pregame show is on here in the studio for the NFL. We're going to get into the Lions I, I, and the NFL in a minute, I, but they're putting on blue ski the, masks The amount right of now. respect I had for Charles Woodson somehow just lessened after watching him put on a <laughs> oh, blue Oh, yeah, he's ski not mask. a Lions fan. I forgot. He's the he's the Colts I mean, fan. I think it's cool, and I like that the players are rallying around it, but I uh, I just, the look, oh, wow. Anyways. <laughs> There's a lot of them oh, at the God. Lions game. They just showed it live. But anyways, anyways Charles Woodson out. Missouri, anyways. what a what a kick. 61 yards. Incredible. A walk-off on it? So I'm not going to lie. I was watching that game, and my stream of it cut out because I was walking towards the stadium, and there were 10, 
thousand people by me. My stream cuts out, and then it comes back to a shot of the refs holding up their hands saying it's good, and the crowd going insane, and I was just like, oh, I guess he made it. And I saw it later, obviously, but just what a way to win for Missouri. Lastly, you have anything on that Missouri game? Uh, not especially. I thought Kansas State was better. Chris Kleiman, future Spartan head coach. Um, There's a lot of people that are saying a lot oh, of people oh, are God. future Spartan head coaches. Butch, and honestly, the way they played yesterday, Butch Jones wouldn't even want to come here. So, But that's, I, yeah. anyways, besides the point. Um, we can talk about, we'll find a week where we can talk about future Spartan head coaches because I have a yeah, lot of Yeah, it's not going to be today. Uh, big dogs in the Big Ten. Took hey, care of business. Before we get going, yeah. uh, shout out Sloak once again. Okay. Mizzou is back. Oh, no, they're not. Listening. He just, he they're just not back. Me. Shout Stop out Sloak, man. They're yes, back, man. former host of the Green and White Report, mm-hmm. Zach Sloak, uh, still calling football here for his final year at Michigan State. But big dogs in the Big Ten, taking care of business. Michigan didn't look spectacular. Comfortably won, 31-6. Penn State, 30-7. Ohio State, 63-7. Comfortable. That's what they had to do, and that's what they did. Michigan, at this point, they're playing Jack Tuttle every week. They're fine. When he's getting in the game every week, Michigan is fine. That's their goal, is to get... Also, Jack Tuttle's transfer was weird, but that's a whole different story. Like, goes from being a potential starter at Indiana to being the backup at Michigan. But let's okay, let's take a step back for a second. Like, no, Michigan should be scoring forty points on one of these teams. Like, I don't like, and I don't think Tuttle played the first two weeks for Michigan. One week he did not much. He did at ECU. It was just a point that I was. I, I don't, don't know. have the against exact ECU, stats on that. The point you, was that... You should not be throwing the ball... J.J. McCarthy should not be throwing the ball 30 times against ECU. I made that point after week one. He then threw it 25 times last week against UNLV, and he, he threw it... He didn't throw it much last night. Yeah, because he threw three picks. Gosh, but I did not know he had, he had three picks, he had man. two picks. He had three. Did he? No, he had oh, three. yeah, two he touchdowns, three picks. Yeah, right. he finished with three. Eight for 13 for 143, two picks and three scores. He's going to make one NFL franchise really happy come yes. April. Um I'm gonna ignore that. Um, <laughs> the um, but I just they're off. Like also, JD I don't McCarthy know that Jack Tuttle has played at all. Mar- he has not to, played to at make, all. JD McCarthy that, has thrown but all. They've, th- they've played three quarterbacks. Has played so. has thrown all but one pass for this team in three games against three teams that might not even crack the top 100 in the country, and they still can't put up 40 points. I'm they're a little fine. concerned about their they're offense. Fine. They're fine. We don't know if they're fine because they play Rutgers at home this week. Hey, Jim Harbaugh's back. They'll be no, fine. I that's that's my takeaway. I don't know. They haven't played anybody yet, so I can't really take that anything yeah. away. Penn State looks fine yesterday. They didn't look Drew great. Drew Aller did not look good. They did not look very good against also, Illinois. This is not like to say he's a bad quarterback, but I didn't realize how slow Drew Aller was until I was watching that game. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a lot faster than he was, but a lot of his scrambles, he just he's just not that fast. But he's still a solid quarterback. He did not look good yesterday though, but it was his first road game. People forget that Drew Aller has not played. Yeah. The hype around him has been so It has been so because real. he's very good. Yeah. But he hasn't played he in hasn't. games like that. I and know. so they're now trying to get that going. We're going to look ahead to week four right now as we get things going. The second hour of the show here on WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to the Green and White Report looking ahead to week four. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Colorado, Oregon. Florida State Clemson, Ole Miss Alabama, UCLA Utah, 
Arkansas, LSU, Oregon State, Washington State, Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland. Stop it. <laughs> didn't, Ar- didn't Arkansas lose yesterday? Did they, or did they come back against BYU? It was 38-31 last I saw it. Tough loss. Arkansas yeah, always lost. appears to be good on paper and, you know, unfortunately. They've been without, uh, if I remember correctly, though, they've been without their running back. Oh, Raheem Sanders? Dog. But. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that their running back has been hurt, if I remember hearing that correctly. I was listening to something about that game yesterday before, uh, or on my way back from the M- Michigan State game. But, yeah. I can't find it. But I anyways, um, OSU Notre Dame is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't, I mean, no, Ohio State looked good yesterday against Western Kentucky. I mean, they put up 63 points, but Sam Hartman and Notre Dame, that offense, I don't, I literally, they put up 40 points again yesterday, I believe, on Central. And I last time Notre Dame opened the season it's with Central Michigan. The last time Notre Dame put up 40 points in their first three games of a season was 1932. So I don't know the last time they had four straight times to start a season, but Sam Hartman and this Notre Dame team is pretty good. And at they home, are. I think they're going to take care of business against Ohio State. We'll see. Ohio State finally looked like they knew what they were doing yesterday. Yes, it was Youngstown State. I understand, but their offense looked good. They put up 63 points. Western Kentucky. Is that who they played? Yeah, they played Western, Western Kentucky. Yeah. Why did I think they played? Oh, that they played Youngstown week. the week before. Yeah. yeah. But either way, Colorado, Oregon. They good. have the best. Ohio State will have the best player on the field, and when they have the best player on the field, I think they've got a shot. But the second best player on the field is going to have the ball in his hands on every play for Notre Dame, and somebody's got to get the ball to Ohio State's best player on the field. Correct. But if you think they're not going to get the ball in his hands, I'm just saying they will get the ball in his hands. It's up to the like. It's up to who even is Ohio State's starting quarterback? Is it still is it McCord? McCord. It is McCord. Also, I would argue that the best player on Notre Dame might be the running back, but it should have been a Spartan. Anyways, could have um, been a Spartan. Could have been. Should have been. Anyways, um, that's going to be the game of the week. I think it worked out well for him to go to Notre Dame. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he would have lost by forty to Washington yesterday. Anyways, Anyways. Um, I think the most exciting game of next week is going to be Colorado Oregon. Just really just. I would have never pure, guessed it. I mean, pure excitement. I mean, you're gonna there's gonna be a hundred points scored in that game. I expect. I think the over under is set at seventy right now. I um, think the big key is whether Travis Hunter plays. Yeah, that's that's the biggest. Because thing. the only shot I think Colorado has of slowing down Oregon is Travis Hunter, because Travis Hunter can take away an entire wide receiver. Right. Yes, sir. But that's the only sh- if he doesn't play. I don't think it's gonna be great. To be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I think. Last night and these past few weeks have shown that Colorado has some some weapons outside of Hunter and their their receivers are really good. But I just I don't on offense I think so. Yeah yeah oh I yeah. Mean, Shiloh offense, Sanders yeah. isn't. Yeah. I mean he yeah. he's okay. He made some big plays yesterday, forced yeah. a fumble, had a pick six. But yeah, Shiloh's solid, but it's not. But he's not carrying that defense. No, he's not. Um, but no, if if Hunter doesn't play, then I'm out. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think. I think Oregon, Oregon State, Washington State's honestly a better game than most people give it credit for. One million percent. Um, right? Yeah. The quarterback playing that game, obviously DJ Ugale, um, and then at Washington State, Cam Ward, I believe he transferred from Incarnate Ward, if I'm not mistaken. Incarnate, but yeah. Um, I both very talented quarterbacks, two probably the more underrated quarterbacks in that conference. Um, and I mean, Ole Miss, Alabama is going to be fun, but like Alabama doesn't have a quarterback. Like, honestly, they should just run, th- they should put three running backs on the field and run the triple option. Like, I think that's the best. 
I think that's the best solution. And if you think it doesn't work, my high school did it my senior year of high school, and it actually wasn't the worst idea because our quarterback was not very good. Um, wow. And we had... I don't think Saban will be taking you up on that idea, by the way. I don't think it's the worst idea. It's better than Jalen Milrow. He can't throw anyways. Um, Arkansas LSU will be solid. LSU, Jaden Daniels had himself a day yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Iowa Penn State, it's going to be cool. It'll be the whiteout. Yeah. But like... <laughs> Brian Ferentz is back on track. Oh my God! They scored at the end of the game to uh, to get him to forty points. He's at eighty five now through three games. He still sucks. He's not going to score ten of them next week because Penn State's defense isn't going to give him anything. But um, yeah, but they might get some garbage time points. We'll see. Also, uh, one game we didn't talk about from last week that I quickly want to touch on, and then we got to get to break so we can get our time to talk about the NFL. Tennessee. Oh, God. The 2020 Heisman winner, Joe Milton. Hey. Oh, the 2020 Heisman winner after week one, anyways. He uh, was not great yesterday. Tennessee, no. I mean, to be fair, historically, Tennessee was going up. I mean, they haven't won. Yeah, they, they don't won, win They it. haven't won in, in the, the swamp, swamp since I was 11 days old. They, <laughs> September 20th, 2003 was the last time they won in, in Gainesville. You're going to make some people feel old. And, man. I mean, you should. That was 20 years ago. And <laughs> so, wow. I mean, I... I Florida's not even that good, but Graham Mertz, dog. Graham Mertz got hurt and they didn't throw the ball the entire second half. Did he? I didn't even watch the game. I just kept, Oscar was giving me updates because obviously most of the game was played when we were on air. But Yeah, um, and it wasn't pretty for Tennessee. They scored right away. And then after that, it was not pretty. I I got nothing. Playing Tom Petty at the end of the third quarter is electric. That's my takeaway from Florida football. I just want to say before we move on, I've got my eyes on that UCLA-Utah game. That's a, yeah, I think that's Dante one. Moore. Yeah, like, is Cam Rising back? I think so. Okay, that's, if he's not, I'm guessing it'll be Nate Johnson, who is their freshman, and he looks good too. So, I I like that game. The Pac-12 is just insane this year, and I love it. I'm gonna be loving some Pac-12 after dark this year. West Coast. Um, also, Auburn they won. I think they played like Samford, but Peyton Thorn was their leading passer and their leading rusher. He had like 12 carries for 120 yards on the ground. At the point that I looked last night. Yeah. I got nothing. So, I'm just going to... Uh, yeah, Rising didn't play yesterday. Did Nate Johnson play? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. That'll do it for our college football look around. We're going to step aside, be back with some NFL storylines, break down week one, a little bit of preview of week two, and get to some overreaction centrals, otherwise known as Matt Merrifield's hot takes. On the other side of the break, you're listening to the Great and White Report on WDBM. <laughs> Moving on along, the NFL. Coming up on the Green and White Report... Week one's done. We'll get to the pick'em in a minute and talk about how terribly we did last week. But for now, let's talk about some storylines. 49ers looked really good against a Pittsburgh team that had some high expectations. 49ers hammered them. And the Eagles took care of business against the Patriots and took care of business in week two against the Vikings. We'll get into that game a little bit more in overreaction central. But those teams got it done. Dolphins Chargers, though. Electric. Um, yeah, I thought the Niners just were dominant last week. Um, and I mean they're just they're that they're that good. They're I mean they're the most talented team, top to bottom in the NFC. I I think they're better than Philly. Um, I think Philly has some better weapons on the outside at receiver. Obviously having Devonte Smith and AJ Brown helps a lot. And at quarterback, Jalen Hurts is better than Brock Purdy. But uh, but up front, on the defensive side of the ball especially, um, I don't think there's a better team in football than the Niners. And uh, they went out there and proved it. 
So, I would agree. Yeah, they're as good as everyone has expects them to be, which saying a lot because the expectations are really high. They just have so many weapons. Yeah, that was a commanding victory for week one, but it, it was everything I expected it to be. I also thought Dolphins Chargers was fun. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins were able to pull that one out. Tua is really locked in, especially st- starting to settle in, and obviously having Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddler, just I mean, those two speed receivers, and McDaniel, McDaniel's um, as their head coach, just an offensive-minded guru. And then I thought, uh, I, I I want to talk about the Bears. I mean, I, Jada Coster is not here to defend himself. JDC, um, but he drove from East Lansing to Chicago last week on Sunday to watch the Bears game and then drove back that night and he did say and I quote that was one of the biggest mistakes of my life uh for those that missed it Jordan Love has taken over from Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and still owns the Chicago Bears Love looked pretty good man I liked what I saw 245 yards three touchdowns no picks yeah but is he good or are the Bears bad? Yes. And I put that on the show sheet. Both. Yes. Both. Both? Okay. The Bears are bad. We're going to talk more about them and the overreaction segment. I have some thoughts on Justin Fields. We talked about Justin Fields Jeez. on the show last week. And uh, I was thoroughly, my my thoughts were, re, re um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, reaffirmed yeah. after watching Justin Fields last week. It'll be good to talk about it, though. Me and JDC had a, a good conversation after last night's game um, on the way back about Justin Fields and, and young quarterback. So I'm excited to get into that with you. I guys. mean, he just – he was he finished 24 for 37 for 216. He had a score and a pick. Yeah. I, I will say part of it is uh, Eberflus and the play calling. I mean, he is a better – he's proven that he's better throwing the ball down the field. He saw that at Ohio State. Yeah. And they're not playing to that strength. But at the same time, I just – I don't see it, and maybe it is the play calling. Maybe it is the offensive personnel they have. Their O-line is still not good. They ran the ball very poorly. Um, Fields with their leading rusher at 9 for 59. Khalil Herbert only had nine carries for 27 yards. But just I, I don't, I just don't see it. Like, it's to not me, there. I think the most frustrating part is, though, is that everyone will say, will criticize the play calling, will critic, we'll criticize the, the lack of an O-line, all of these things that work against Fields, and then we sit here and say, well, he just doesn't have it. Well, even if he did have it, how would he be able to show it with there with all that's going I mean, on? We, we, we and to have, me, you can't you can't maximize whatever Fields can do until you fix that. O-line. I, I mean, that O line is horrible. Can, can you maximize? Right, he's not going to be at his maximum potential with the current system he has around it. But we have there are other quarterbacks in this league who have gone out. Uh, one that comes to mind, in my opinion, is or Justin Herbert in L.A. His offensive line is not elite. Now they've done a better job in L.A. of re, of improving upon that and it's better but when his first couple years in the league the offensive line wasn't very good and his receivers yes he had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen who are two very solid receivers but outside of that Joshua Palmer and I'm I'm gonna try and think of other receivers I know they have Gerald Everett tight end right now um but just like and I don't even think that uh, well I'm the their head coach's name is blanking on me right now um the uh, the uh, head coach in LA for the Chargers but I, I, Brandon Staley. Brandon, Brandon Staley. Yes. Uh, I just think, I, I think, I think Justin Herbert's that good where he makes everything around him look better because of how good he is. And that's not saying Justin Fields is a terrible quarterback, but he's not an elite quarterback that I, I think people are trying to say. 
or can be an elite quarterback because if he was, he would make everyone about around him that much better. I think he can be. I just don't think it's happened yet. But like it, t- it takes time. Like I think uh, if you go over to Miami with Tua, Tua's a very good quarterback. Yeah. But is he that elite level makes everyone around him better? I don't think so. I think part no? of it. I mean, you don't think so? I don't. I think he's very good and he does what he needs to do within that system of. He's got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. He's got a great O-line. He's got a mastermind as an offensive coordinator. And that all comes together if he's a very accurate passer and is a very smart quarterback where everything just works and he looks great. But do you see what we do, though, with quarterbacks, though? When everything is right, it almost works against but, them. And then when everything right. isn't, that works against but, them. I mean, well. it just, you know what I mean? I, I guess the, the knock on fields, they doesn't have a good enough team where he doesn't. It just We know, at least in my mind, he's not a top-tier quarterback in this league and won't be because of the fact that he can't. He just doesn't make everything around him better. Like I, I, I won't sit here and say that the Bears have a good system, but he himself hasn't elevated the Bears and their offense in his what is he now in year three, I believe, in the NFL. Yes. So I mean, he's still got time, but I, I'm, I don't know if the Bears are going to pick up his option and the next after this. I believe it's after next year that they have to pick up his fifth year option, and um. I, I will have to wait and see, but as right now, I, I just don't see it. And I don't yeah. think I don't think he's the franchise guy. I think, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I don't know if they will either. I'm I, me and JDC talked about it. I'm just really tired of these quarterbacks being placed in less than ideal situations where the team isn't actively working to put the best weapons and options around them, and then when they inevitably fail, they get kicked to the curb, and then we're fawning over you know the next college quarterback in line. It's and I also think with Fields, he's working against himself. There are a lot of quarterbacks in the situation of this is a stacked quarterback class coming in it this is. year. Like I think, we, uh, and all, I mean, I know, and I'll even stuff out. And and like and of those top now. ten guys, I think on Mel Kiper's board, I saw the other day, you know, three of them will probably end up being actual starters in the NFL, exactly. and one or two of them, I think, in this year will probably be two, maybe three will end up being elite quarterbacks for ten plus years in this league. Caleb Williams being one of them, but still, teams want a quarterback there's 10 of them available at least that all look like could be quality players that might be able to play in this league so if a team's looking for an out they're going to have an easy opportunity easy excuse to go get a new one this year and I think the Bears are in that group I think that's I think that's definitely fair and you're going to see that a lot more coming up to the draft with so many good quarterbacks in this year's crop but it goes right to what you were talking about AJ with everybody's always looking for the next quarterback and that really started I think with Jared Goff and the Rams, because they went to a Super Bowl with Goff on a rookie contract. And there was an article I remember reading on ESPN all the way back then that suggested the model of you play your quarterback for four years on his rookie deal, and then you go find a new one. And you spend your money building around those other players, and you get your money, or you get good stuff from your rookie contract quarterback. I I don't think it's it's sustainable. Yeah, I don't think it's sustainable, but the NFL is in such a weird spot right now because now teams are trying to maximize like the whole analytics aspect of things, trying to maximize the cap space with a 53-man roster of running backs aren't getting paid now. And now the aspect right. of quarterbacks, do you pay are I think they, that conversation is going to start coming up as do you give them that big contract or do you just pay them on their rookie deal? And I just think that the NFL's headed towards a weird spot where because it's such a physically demanding sport where your window of playing in this league is so short and players want that. I, I just think there's a weird there's gonna become a weird time in these next couple of years where the players and the owners are really gonna be like the, the next CBA deal, which I don't know when that's coming, of just that fight for, hey, our window is so small, we wanna get our money's worth while we're in this league 
playing for you where the owner's like, we're not willing to give you this money because the money, the numbers say you, we have th your first four years in this league are worth it. And your rookie deals five years. So at that point, why even give you a second contract? But correct. So I, I just think that we're coming to that in the next couple of years and it's not going to be a pretty conversation, but that isn't going to be solved in the next two hours as we get ready for week two of NFL football. So we can get back to that. Fair enough. Couple more things on week one. What happened to the Bengals? You tell me. I mean, the, the, I didn't watch much of the game. I know the weather was. Uh, it wasn't great. It wasn't man. great. And, and the and the Browns are. The game was in Cleveland, I believe, if I remember correctly. It was, yes. And so winning on the road, a divisional opponent against the team like the Browns are, their bread and butter is running the football with Nick Chubb, and I think that played the weather played into that and being able to control the line of scrimmage and they just dominated that game. And I mean, obviously, not a good look for Joe Burrow becoming the highest paid player in NFL history. And uh, throwing, I think it was 14 for 31 82 yards. for 82 yards, a little Noah Kim-esque and uh, not in a good way. And uh, But yeah, so I, 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 that was not what you want to see. We'll see if they can bounce back this week, but not a great look for the Bengals to start the year. And, such, and a very tough division to keep in mind. Like the AFC North, I think, might be the best division top to bottom in football. Yeah, we'll get into that in just a minute. All right, let's get into week two. We got... A lot going on in this right now, but the Chiefs-Jags might be the game of the day. Yeah, in in Jacksonville, I can get behind that. I'm not a huge Jaguars guy. Like, I, they're going to win that division because the AFC South sucks, um, and that's going to be on full display in Houston this afternoon when C.J. Stroud or slash Davis Mills takes on Anthony Richardson. And But they're still a good team. They're going to win 10 games, and I, I, I think they're built. They're going to play the Chiefs tough. Um, I think the game of the day, honestly, might be Ravens Bengals. That's just, fair. Just it's an individual game between, yeah. and I think those two teams just play each other really tough all the time. But yeah, I I think uh, there are some quality games, especially on the AFC side today. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. Lions are hosting the Seahawks on the NFC side. Yes, sir. AJ Lions preview, my guy. What do you got? What are your expectations for this one? Obviously, you know, first off, I expect Jameer to get more touches today. Um, that's one of the biggest ones. I didn't – I feel like we didn't really talk about Gibbs that much last week just because of everything else that – Yeah, we talked about him not being used that much. but Yeah, that was about it, though. But I liked what I saw, man. He's explosive. And even though – obviously, these guys are huge. But on, on television, you know, he doesn't look like he's the biggest guy. But dudes bounce off of him, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I expect him to get more touches. Um but I expect more of the same besides that. Like, this, that was a really good way to start the season. I didn't expect them to win that, you know, in week one. So, expect another dub here. I, I think, mean, I've, from everything I've seen in the tailgating scene in the last couple hours since the last opened this morning is the roof is probably going to blow off this if yes, the Lions score on their opening drive this afternoon. I mean, the yeah. excitement is beyond belief. And I'm I love it, even as a non-Lions fan. It's cool to see it. Um, Lions fans have waited forever for this, and they've earned this more, I think, than any other fan base in the NFL. Um, and so I'm excited for it. I think Gibbs is going to get more touches. I think having, I think the Seahawks coming across country didn't matter for the Huskies yesterday. I wonder, I am genuinely curious to see how many Husky fans came across the country for both games this weekend. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah, Jay so, and I were talking about but that. I'm, so, but I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, it's going to be a packed house, obviously, for the Lions, and I don't expect there to be many uh, Seahawks, much Seahawks in neon green or blue in that stadium. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I This is one of the most excited I've been for a Lions game 
probably a while, especially for a home opener. So it looked really good last week. And I, I think if they start the year 2-0, and I truly buy into this team winning the North. Not that they can't win it regardless, but putting all the distractions aside, all the hype down, and just going out there and taking care of business, uh, I think and I think they're going to do that today. So, And we've talked a little bit about it, but it's, it's, it's really weird to me to see everyone rallying around this team and to see all of the hype just because you guys know, but like no one ever talks about Detroit sports teams like this. You know? And no. that's and that's and that's why I think no the fans does. deserve this so much because yeah. typically, like obviously, the, the Lions get compared to the Browns, but the Browns still get that national spotlight for being the lovable losers of football. Where the Lions have, if not or just more, have just been that that bad and have just that much cruel of a history, and they get now get to reap the benefits of it, and we'll see how much they actually get to reap in these next couple months. Obviously, the season, but. Um, right. it's definitely, it's, it's fun. And that's at least I can say, and that's all I want to see out of it. So I really like what I saw from Laporta last, yeah. last week too. We didn't really talk much about him, but he had five catches, 39 yards. I, I expect to see more of the same from him today. So yeah, it should be a good one. I think Kenneth will put on a show too. Yeah. I think Kenneth obviously was making a second return to Detroit. Didn't play much last year right. in there in his right. game, but I expect him to obviously be the lead back for this Seattle team and, It'll be interesting to see, obviously, Spartan Dog. We'll see what he can do. So, all right, let's get into the overreaction central. We got about twenty minutes, Matt. If that, we got about ten minutes. Uh, we have about so ten we'll minutes. See how you do? Okay. On it. I will read something. You guys tell me whether or not it's an overreaction. You can give a short description why. We're just gonna let you two go at it, AJ and Matt. Go ahead. First one: the Bengals will finish last in the AFC North. That's an overreaction. I mean, I don't know how you feel, AJ, but number one, the team that looked the worst out of the AFC North last week was the Steelers, regardless of how the Bengals play. And I think just roster-wise and talent, the Bengals are better than the Steelers. So on paper, I, I'm not ready to sit here and say I think it's an overreaction after week one. Yeah, after what I saw last week, I thought, no, it's not. But like you, the thing you said about the Steelers, you're, you're absolutely right. That's valid. So. so, All right. The Packers will finish first or second in the NFC North. I I think that's a bit of an overreaction. I I'm gonna say it's an, it's 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 a it's valid because I don't know what it's it's a fair reaction. I don't know, but I think I think it's valid. Not an overreaction. Not an overreaction. There you go. Um, the Vikings defense looks awful. And I know they played well. They didn't play a tough team in Tampa. They just looked terrible last week, and then obviously lost to Philly on Thursday night. Um, the Packers look good. I want to see them. Uh, they have. Who do they play today? The Packers have the Falcons in Atlanta. That's I think we're going to find more about Jordan Love and going back on the road again. I like them. I think they're going to win nine games, eight nine games. So uh, I don't. I think it's fair to say that they can finish second. I don't think they win the North. I don't think they're better than the Lions. Oh. But I think that this team doesn't get enough credit because this team was they won nine games last year. Yeah, with Aaron and, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers right. wasn't great. So like if you can replace if. Jordan Love puts up the numbers Aaron Rodgers did last year. He's perp- perfectly capable of doing that because Aaron Rodgers didn't have an MVP caliber season last year. So I think it's and valid. that's fair. So let's move on to the next one. The Jets will make the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers. I, I, oh, God. Merrifield's yeah. so bad. I, he wants he to like, say I like will. the idea. I know. love the idea love, of it. For those, idea. you guys weren't on the show enough last year to hear my love for Zach Wilson. Even though he sucks, like he's not a good quarterback, but like I love Zach Wilson. Why? He's a guy. He's just a guy. Like, 
His, Let's like yeah. like like I can't. Well, it's, is it an FCC violation to talk about? Well, I, don't I don't know. know. His off the Move field on. antics. His <laughs> Move on. His love for the game and stuff off the field is just I admire him. Hey, hey, I think. Side he, note though, did you guys hear about Rogers? That he might be. Oh, it, 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 spare me. He's not coming back <laughs> for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make yeah. the playoffs first, which I. I'm going to say they're making the playoffs because Zach Wilson didn't look terrible. No, he didn't. I thought the O-line didn't look very good last week. That's part of the reason why Rodgers went down on play number two. Um, so four. For, but, oh, is it four? Okay. Yeah. I, he threw like two passes or something. I just don't yeah. I remember. Um, so, for honestly, I give him a lot of credit for being able to stick it out. The Garrett Wilson catch was incredible. Um, and, hey, he found a way to beat Josh Allen. I know Josh Allen threw like three picks and looked not good. And the Bills have to bounce back today, but I think I think they can still find a way to sneak into the playoffs. It's gonna be tough because they have the, the Dolphins and the Bills in their division, but that roster, that defense is too good for them not to compete. Yeah, I think Wilson will be serviceable, and I don't think it's an overreaction. I think they could. Tua wins MVP. No overreaction. Yeah, I agree. Tua is not like I said earlier, kind of. This, he's more of a system guy. Like he fits perfectly I, into I what they. I don't know about that though. He fits like he's a great quarterback. Like yes, he can make all the throws, but he fits perfectly into. He's not like a superstar playmaker. He's not a, like I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like and I don't, I hate using because it it's like a lefty quarterback thing. He's kind of like Michael Penix, where he just sits back there and just slings it around the field. Like it doesn't look flashy, but he just does what he needs to do because that's the system that's there. I don't know how I I. I just don't think he wins MVP. I think there's too many other good quarterbacks in the league. I think there that, is, like, but, but there's like, so much talent on that Dolphins offense. Right. If they win that division, I think they that he wins I MVP. think the, just the question is... You think him, if they win the division, he wins MVP? I do. If they I, win I, the East. I, I but they'd him. have to be better than the Jets and the Bills. Yeah. I just think the, the question with Tua versus other quarterbacks is, and I think this is a valid question for any quarterback, is does he elevate, does the quarterback elevate the players around him or the players around him elevate him? But I, I, think, think, I think Tua does that, though. I think, and I think, I, his, I, and his I, track record speaks for itself. I think he's always done that. I, I, I don't know because he's played. He's had such great wide receiver talent that I just can't answer that point. Whether it was at Alabama or now at, at in Miami, he has. But at the same time, though, has so, he gotten the best out of those guys? I mean, he has, but has at the same time. I mean, I know it's not fair, but Patrick Mahomes' wide receiver talent is not there. Other than Travis Kelsey, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, uh, Valdez Scantling, like those aren't. Elite wide receivers, yeah, and he still finds a way to make it work. So that's anybody to Mahomes, though, is kind of right. But like, strange. I mean, Josh Allen does that. I mean, other than Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, not a great wide receiver. Dalton Knox, not a great tight end. Like, he still finds a way to make it work. That's just kind of the argument I think we have to ask about when it comes to judging quarterbacks. But yeah. back to the original thing, I think not winning MVP. All right, the Chiefs won't win the AFC West. Uh, that's and I think. It's fair because I think that the Broncos are actually not terrible, even though they still lost last week. I, I, I that's not, not at all not, the team I thought you were. It's not say. not the Chargers, yeah. and it sure as hell ain't the Raiders. So I guess it I is no it's reaction. Over, yeah, it's an overreaction. It's the cheat, they're it, gonna the, they're gonna win. Yeah. You think the Broncos are gonna be better than the Chargers? Yeah. Wow. I do not like the Chargers. Other than jo- I love Justin Herbert. Out I love Justin Herbert. One. I cannot Yikes. stand Why the rest think- of it. I just. I don't think Staley's that great of a head coach. I think that they've had they've tons of talent at certain positions. But on the defensive and offensive line, it's not there. And I just think that every time they get an opportunity, they're just not ready. Like, I think Staley just doesn't do what he needs to do. And, like, I mean, the, 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 for the amount of talent and the quarterback that they have in Justin Herbert, they should be miles ahead of where they are. But anyways. All right. Moving along. Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson will reach 2,000 receiving yards this season. Um, Why not? 
I'm gonna say overreaction because how many has it ever been done before? I don't believe so. And, and, and I, but I they added an extra game to the season last year. Right, but I still don't think to have two of them do it. I don't think so. I'm gonna say no, just because Tyreek's got to share. Uh, Jefferson might, but Tyreek's got to share the spread with Waddle. Like those two are gonna eat into each other on any given week. I know Waddle didn't have a great week last week, but also two is not gonna throw for 400 yards every week. So I'm gonna say overreaction. Okay. All right. AJ, you think it's an overreaction, or you think it's there? I don't. I think. I mean, I definitely think it's possible. So, with as good as the, those guys have looked so far. All right. This one, I think, Merrifield wanted to talk about a little bit, so we've got enough time for it. I'm Kirk ju- Cousins can't win in primetime narrative. So sick of this. Absolutely, so it's it. so sick of it. Why? I because he can't. He can play in primetime. Winning it. Winning is a team stat. I and I understand quarterbacks get the credit for it, but truly. Kirk Cousins balls out in prime time. Like he, for the most part, he's not bad. I don't. He went out on Thursday night. He had I think 350 yards and like three touchdowns. I think he had three sixty something and four touchdowns yeah, with yeah. no he had picks. Thirty one, thirty one for forty four for three sixty four and four scores. Yeah, mm-hmm. his team still gave up thirty four points and lost. Like how can he? I mean, he had the one fumble. He got the he got sacked for a fumble, I believe, on one drive. He got strip sacked. But yep. other than that. I mean, he outplayed Jalen Hurts, and just it's unfortunate that DeAndre Swift ran for 180 yards because that defense is awful. Like, in Kirk Cousins' playoff career, do you know how many turnovers his defenses have forced for him? Probably zero. Zero. And he's been to the playoffs how many times between his time in Washington and Minnesota? Like three. Like, it's been three or four times he's been yeah. to the playoffs. And just zero. I just, I hate the narrative of it. And it sucks because he is a good quarterback. And, anyways, that's. I just, I just don't, I can't stand Kirk Cousins being taken the blunt, and I understand it's kind of what comes with the territory being quarterback. But, anyways, do you see this narrative though, like with the quarterbacks? Just like I get like it. We, AJ is continuing like, to like, push his narrative. I, I get yeah. it, but like in what? No, minute, I just and, it's, it's just crazy. To keep me in mind, everything is situational, but then at the same time, we don't, we never view it like right. That. And keep in mind, Minnesota didn't have either one of their starting tackles right. on Monday night. Well, Thursday they had night. one for a little bit. Right now he's out for the season because he just got bull rushed. So but. I mean, just I, I understand, but man, it's a team sport, and when you go out and throw for 350 yards, and your team still don't turn the ball over, and your team still can't just get a stop, it just no, I I do agree. So, anyways, all right. Lastly, this one Matt put into the show sheet and is completely an overreaction. Not but an overreaction. Bo Nix is the future Bears quarterback. Oh, it's. Factual. And it might not be Bo Nix. It might be oh I hope for Jay's sake, I hope it's not JJ McCarthy. Um who are some other options? Quinn Ewers could be a future bear. But I, I the I like the, the, the point the point is is that Justin Fields, his time in, in Chicago, I think is waning. I think just I think it's time. I think I, that statement's an overreaction after one week, but we'll see. I, I just I'm I, I was I mean, out on him, and they did, didn't. I I thought they were supposed to take this step forward. They were favored over the Packers last week, and they got completely ran off the field. And so we'll see. Even but if it is, it's just what franchises do. Bonex is the guy. Um, Caleb, it won't be Caleb Williams because the Cardinals are ten times worse than the Bears. Like the Bears will win a couple games this year. So, um, but anyways, alrighty. That'll do it for this segment. We're going to step aside, be back with NFL Pick'em. On the other side of the break, you are listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. I'm your host, Zach Sedank, alongside Matt Merrifield and A.J. Evans. It's time for 
a lot of our favorite part of the show where we get to show that apparently we don't know anything because last week was brutal in the NFL Pick'em. Seven and eight leads the standings, and that is both Matt and AJ, and I am bringing up the rear at six and nine. Yikes. But you know what? Last week, we lost. But tonight, we're going to bounce back. Let's go. Here we go. Let's start it off with the game in Detroit. Seahawks at Lions. Lions minus four and a half. We normally do Lions last, but we'll do them first today. I thought they deserved to go first, being, you know, the number one, it's a one o'clock kick, and two, it's the biggest game of the day, at least for Lions fans in Detroit. Um, you know, Lions, give, give them the Lions. They have at home, home opener. Seahawks looked dreadful last week against the, against the Rams, and the Lions had the extra day because they played on Thursday night. So give them the Lions. All right. You know what my pick is. You yeah. know where AJ stands. Everybody's going Lions here, I think. All right, Lions sweep for us, so congratulations on the Seattle victory. But Raiders at Bills. Bills are giving seven and a half. Oh, wow. That's a lot of points yeah. for mm-hmm. a team that lost week one on a short week against the Raiders who won. They do have to come across the country. Give me this. They're going to cover the seven and a half, though. They'll keep it within a score. Give me the Raiders. I'll roll with it. I think it's going to be the. I think it's going to be the Bills. I I think the Bills are going to be mad. Like, I want them to. I, think I believe be, they could bounce back, but that's a lot of points, and they played on Monday night. It so. is a lot of points, but but give me Buffalo. They're going to be frustrated with how that game ended and how that went. I'm taking Buffalo. All right, Mr. Merrifield, it's your game of the day. Colts at Texans. Texans minus one. Oh God! You know what? I the the Colts are bad. They didn't look great last week. Anthony Richardson was fine. The Texans are worse. C.J. Stroud is also worse than Anthony Richardson, um, and he is playing today. If Davis Mills was playing, I'd actually take the Texans, but give me the Colts. This might be the last time I take the Colts all year, but give me the Colts. All right. I really agree, but with the game in Houston, I, I, I think the Colts win this game. I think they win outright. I really want to go with the Texans, but I'm, I'm going to say the Colts. All three of us taking the upset pick. Yeah. All right. Chargers minus two and a half in Nashville at Tennessee. Uh, the Titans aren't good. Just, they're not a good football team. I'm going to take the Chargers yeah. um, to get it done. I, just, I don't like the Titans at all. I'm rolling with the Chargers as well. I think so, too. I, don't th- I think two and a half is kind of a small spread there, to be honest with you. I think coming across the country – being on the road, I think it's fair because it would be what like it'd be like a seven point spread if it was in LA. Yeah, but but I I like the Chargers comfortably in that game um, to bounce back after last week's loss. Packers at Falcons. Falcons minus three. I don't like this game. I don't either. Yeah. Falcons looked good last week, starting off the year one and zero. Packers also looks pretty good. Give me the Packers. Jordan Love is the better quarterback. I'm not a Desmond Ritter guy. Um, yeah, give me the Packers. Go pack, go. I'm rolling with them too. I I like Atlanta. I like Bijan Robinson, mm. and I think he's going to be the difference maker in this game. Um, but I would not trust it at all to actually make anything on this game. That's a f- stay away game for me, completely. All right, Ravens at Bengals. Bengals minus three and a half at home, trying to bounce back. I'm rolling with the Ravens. Hmm. 
Okay. I want to roll with the Ravens. Like I think they're they're the better team, but the Bengals they need to bounce back after a tough week. They're the home team in a rivalry in a divisional game. Give me the Bengals. I I agree. I think the I think the Bengals win this game, and I don't. I think losing J.K. Dobbins is going to be a bigger deal than people realize for the Ravens. Um, Lamar's going to run all over, but I'm not worried about Gus Edwards. Right. Yeah. No offense to Gus Edwards, yeah. but um, yeah. Chiefs minus three and a half in Jacksonville. Uh, Chiefs need to bounce back. Kelsey and Jones are back. I get, they have the couple extra days playing on Thursday night. Give them the Chiefs. Can I take the Likewise. over rather yeah. than the spread in this game? The over is going to be, yeah, similar to last week's Jacks or similar to the Dolphins Chargers game that we talked about. Over was the play, but I, I really want to take the Jags. I'm going to take the Jags, even though I think the Chiefs are the better team. Give me, give me Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean it's going to be a tough game, but I just think I, I think having that extra day is going to make a huge difference for the Chiefs getting ready. Yeah, and that's fair. All right, Bears at Buccaneers, Bucks minus two and a half. Baker Mayfield's that guy. Give him the Bucks. I think are they wearing the creamsicles today? I know Maybe. a lot of a lot of teams are wearing like throwbacks and alternates. I know the Falcons are one of those teams. Um, but regardless, I think the Buccaneers they impressed me a lot last week against the Vikings. Um, and I'm not I'm out on the Bears as we've talked about multiple times today. Give me the Bucks. I really don't like either of these teams, like, at all. I am not a fan of either one of these teams. But the team I think that has the higher upside in this game is Chicago. I'm going to take the Bears. Yeah, I'm rolling with Chicago. Interesting. But we all know that uh, Matt doesn't like Chicago. I I don't think Chicago's great. But I like that game. Game. Shout out JDC. Yeah, I, I like the Bears. Dog. All right. Yes, sir. Commanders at Broncos. Broncos minus four. Oh God. It's like both these teams are gonna have like six and eleven seasons. Um but I said I like the Broncos. This is when they have to win. Uh give me the Broncos minus four at home. Commander's gonna struggle struggle in the mile high city. Uh give me Washington. Give me the Broncos. I like this Washington team. I don't think they're great. I saw somebody say that the Cowboys, before the season started, the Cowboys were going to finish last in the division to the Commanders were going to be top two. But that's obviously not happening. But give me, I I like this Commanders team. All right. Headed now to the desert. Arizona hosting the Giants. New York minus four. The Giants looked awful. And they played on Sunday night and they got to travel out to the West Coast. Who's starting? Is it still Joshua Dobbs? I believe so, yeah, because oh Murray's God. hurt. Um, give me the Giants, but I don't like it, like, at all. Fair. I will reluctantly agree as well. I'm really not reluctant. I, I don't think this game's going to be that close. Give me the Giants. Staying out west, 49ers getting a touchdown, or giving a touchdown, excuse me, to the Rams. L.A. looked good last week. And they're at home. What do we got? Um, Niners. That's so many points for like to give when you're going on the road. I know Niners fans are travel well, but the Rams impressed me. Far, San Francisco to L.A. That's a pretty far drive. It's a far drive, but it's not like it's you're not going across the country. I mean, California is a big state. Like this is like driving from like Detroit to like Nashville. 
I don't know that it's that far. Any, I don't think it's that far. Anyways, uh, give me the Rams. Seven points. They, they're going to cover the seven at home. Like it's a, They looked really good last week. You're telling me that I get the Niners or a push if they win by a touchdown? Yeah, give me San Fran. Jets in Dallas. Zach Wilson taking on the Cowboys. Cowboys looked really good last week, but they're giving eight and a half. Oof. Oh. You know... Give me the Jets and give me the under in this game. Okay. J Some really good defense. Jets, Jets, Jets. Had to get it in there. What is Shout the under, under in that game? That game is a 38 and a half. It's the lowest, along with the Commanders Broncos, of any game this week. I'm rolling with the Jets as well. I'm going to take Dallas. I think they win this game by double digits. I don't think it's going to be a crazy game because I do like the Jets defense, but I think the Cowboys win by double, double digits. All right, Sunday night football. The Dolphins heading to Foxborough. Minus two and a half, Miami against the Patriots on Sunday night. What do we got? Miami. In Foxborough on Sunday night. I I bought into the Patriots last week, and it didn't work out. G- give me Miami. Yeah, give me the uh, – they're going to win by two and a half. They'll probably win by three. It'll be a low-scoring game, though. Yeah, I, I also like Miami. I know a lot of people like the Patriots in this game, but I, I think Miami finally wins in Foxborough. It's not December in Foxborough. It's also September. true. Also so true. Give me Miami. AJ? Rolling with Miami. All right. Now, there's two Monday Night Football games this week. We were out on it not happening last week, and there's two this week. It makes more sense week one. But this is, number one, having two the way they're doing it is stupid because one game starts at seven and the other starts at eight. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both on ESPN channels. But anyways, um, Saints minus three at the Panthers. Yep. Saints minus three in Uh, Carolina. Give me the Panthers. Bryce Young gets his first win. I don't really like this game. I don't either. I don't either. (laughs) I I will be watching the other Monday Night Football game. Yeah, I will... Roll with the Panthers. All right. I will not. Like what I've seen from Young. I I think the Saints are the better team, and I don't know that I think it's that close. Give me the Saints. All right. Last game. Browns minus two at the Steelers. Monday Night Football. Uh, Give me the Steelers. Okay. I believe in the Browns' ability to, like, maintain what they did last week. I don't even like the Browns. Um <laughs> But I can't stand the Steelers. I can't stand Kenny Pickett. Kenny Two Gloves out. Give him the Browns. That's somebody Pittsburgh. I think you would love. I, I would have <laughs> guessed. Why? I would love just your ex- your thought process behind why I would love Kenny Pickett. I don't know, man. Need That's to hear just, it now. Because I don't know why I hate him. I just can't stand the Two Gloves. He looks like a rat. What? He's he just like he's got like wow. the, he's got like the weird slick back hair. I couldn't stand him at Pitt because I don't like Pitt football like whatsoever. He had the fake slide and everybody fell in love with him. I'm just like like he shouldn't have been a Heisman finalist. I, I just I'm not in on him. I don't Pittsburgh I, legend. I think he's a game manager. I thought it was a mistake. He was a first round pick. Mm. All right. We've got a few more minutes. So lock of the week. Go through all these games. What is your lock of the week? My lock. Please say the Colts. Please say no, the Colts. No, Please hell say no, hell no. <laughs> Give me the uh I'm gonna say Lions. Lions are the lock of the week. Yes, sir. I feel like AJ was going to say Lions yes, of the Locker Yes, sir. Sure was. All right. Well, I'll go somewhere else. Give me the Chargers as my lock of the week. Mm. Yeah, we got a couple minutes. 
this is something I thought about opening the show with. Go ahead. What bothered you this weekend? Pick one thing that from this weekend. All right. Just, from, it could be anything. It could be sports related. It could be not sports related. Just something that bothered you this weekend. Go ahead, AJ. The entire show it. has been what bothered Matt Merrifield this weekend. A lot has bothered <laughs> me this week if you've been, following, been around me enough this weekend. But go ahead, AJ. I got one. Well, I kind of have two. But anyways, so, no, after the game, you know, obviously I'm not in the best mood or whatever. Um, I leave my room. And there were some guys like screaming with some plate of food right in front of my door, and and they were. For context, AJ is an is an RA. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So which yeah. we need to talk about more. I feel like facts, <laughs> but they're screaming, you know, with this plate of food right in front of my door, not even about the food itself, just screaming. And then they, you know, one of them shoves it in my face and is like, "Do you want to try this?" And I'm like, "Absolutely not. Get away from my door." Um, I didn't say get away from my door, but I said no. <laughs> but anyway, so that was one. But no, two is the funniest, and this is the funnier one. But uh, I went to see Liam. Along with, oh, friend of the program, Liam yes. Jackson. I, yep. Um, along with J-Mo, um, sports. Photo person guy. Sport, what's sports the title, photo editor, yes, Jack sir. Moreland. Shout out J-Mo. Um, yes, all the photos you see on our social medias, Jack Moreland. Outstanding. So we went to see him um, for a little while, and then we Ubered to our friend's house. And But Jack called the Uber, and I kid you not, it was eight minutes away. I look at it again three minutes later, she's nine minutes away. I look at it again two minutes later, she is 12 minutes away. We were both like really upset because we were trying to get there, and then she ended up being 15 minutes away, and we canceled it. But we were both livid, and and J-Mo got charged. Uh, oh, for it. out on so, that. Ubers in the city are yeah. spooky. Um, for me, yesterday after the game, also in a pissy mood to say the least, and um, decided to go get some McDonald's at the Double Decker at Grand Grand River, and you know, simple order, chicken nuggets, and. You know, uh, some couple McDoubles. I was with Allie, and we get back to her apartment, and I open the bag, and the sandwiches are just not there. And, and she lives in Skyview, so we had drove Whoa. all the way down Grand River, and I was, what was our, in the bag. Uh, just the fries. We got our drinks. We she had her McNuggets, and we had the fries. But we were missing. I had two McDoubles, and they were just not there. I would have been. Hot. Oh, I was so mad. So, and then you know the Skyview parking garage is. She's on the fifth level, so we're driving all the way down the 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 freaking um parking garage. Drive back down. I walk into the McDonald's. I'm like, you didn't give me my sandwiches. I show them the receipt, and they just threw two McDoubles in my bag. They were very good, but it was not worth spending an extra half hour in the car trying to drive through East Lansing last night. But anyways, there are a lot bothered me this week. I could go about a lot of things. Anthony Richardson's about to bother me in about 20 minutes. Um, anyways, so what bothered you, Sir Demick? Um, I'm vibing. I'm I vibing. refuse to believe We're that. We're good. Your it's fiance didn't upset you? No, she did not. Uh, it's 1 o'clock. We got to get okay. out of here. That'll do it for us here on the Green and White Report. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Green and White Report on WDVM East Lansing.